I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It is the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets tied 2-2 about four and a half minutes into the third. Matthews has his 34th. Line A has his 17th. Predators and Panthers 3-3 at the start of the third period. About eight minutes into the third. Senators and Wild now in a 3-3 tie. Brady Kachuk his 17th. Edmonton native Jared Spurgeon has a goal for many. The Blues lead the Flyers 1-0 with 14 minutes left. Later on tonight, San Jose at Anaheim. The Ducks trying to stay in the playoff chase in the West. And the New York Islanders will play the Seattle Kraken. The Oilers play Tampa Bay at 5.30 tomorrow, which means after the 4 o'clock news, I will be on the air with this man for the City Ford Faceoff Show. It's my good buddy Bob Stoffer checking in from Tampa. Bob, how are things down there, my man? Not bad, Reid. How are you? I'm doing okay. You sounded uh, slightly um, yep. out of it. Not out of it, but you, you were having a little bit of difficulties during your show. I hope you're okay. So do I. Uh, we'll see. I think it's just a air-conditioned case of AC, and it's gotten in my throat a bit. Uh, I don't have any of the other you know, regular things. I mean, as you know, anybody can get it. And uh, the last thing I want to do is get it on this road trip. Now they've changed the testing standards. So, um, you know, the orders are down to Leon Dreisaitl, uh, Chris Russell, uh, Nima Leinen, Broberg, and Mike Smith uh, in terms of the players that haven't tested positive uh, with the Omicron virus or variant. And obviously uh, myself and Cam have not. So there's been some other broadcasters that have. Um, and it's, you know, it's always a little bit, again, I think it has to do with the air conditioning and these, this, this tends to happen to me every year I come down to Florida. So I'm hoping that that's the case. And, uh, you know, it just takes a little bit of jack out of my voice. I remember when uh, the only time I've been to Florida was for the 2015 draft, which was held in sunrise so we stayed in fort lauderdale i was actually only yep. in miami very briefly because peter shirelli held the media availability and we uh i, I think i actually went with uh, might have gone with rob tichkowski and joanne ireland in a, in a cab there and back so i was actually only in miami itself for a while sunrise of course being kind of northwest of miami and fort lauderdale straight up the coast and my memories of that but and i like i always tell my friends it was it was plus the the high every day was around plus 36 it was incredibly humid the overnight low was plus 29 and it was the opposite sensation for people like me uh, who wear glasses of what happens in the winter here you, here you you come in from the cold and your glasses fog up well there you go outside from the air conditioning into the heat and my glasses would fog up and i yeah. did a couple of 5k's runs along the beach bob and like the humidity i mean you got to remember this was late june Right. So the, the, I'd never experienced humidity like that and especially running in it. Like I, I just felt like I was going to collapse after I got a headache. I was so dehydrated. So it is a bit of a, a shock to the system if well, you're not used 31 to 31 degrees to the heat. Celsius here today. It hit so, 31? Yes. 
So we, uh, you know, like when we left Edmonton yesterday, I think it was minus 15. And we landed, and it hit me almost immediately. Like, I could feel it immediately. So it's pretty rare when it, when it happened in the first night. Now, this is the Wild West. Uh, no one's wearing masks. Um, you know, we, we wear them in certain situations. But, you know, it's been an ongoing, you know, an ongoing situation. People in Florida, they have a very, in fact, it's funny, Reed, last night I was at an establishment uh, having chicken wings and a, and a beer with Cam Moon. Uh, just in the hotel bar and the table next to us recognized how light we were, how pale we were, and oh. asked if we were from Canada. We said oh, we were geez. and immediately started talking about Trudeau. That was really, and they're like, how can he enact that? And, you, and, you know, and I'm like, well, <laughs> you should chip off the old block, except he doesn't have quite the gravitas that his father had. So, because uh, his dad, of course, as you know, uh, put in the War Measures Act to deal with the FLQ crisis. And his dad was years ahead of his time as Justice Minister to Pearson and eliminated the, there was a time in which, believe it or not, in this country, homosexuality was considered an illegal act which just makes us all shake our heads today. And then he gave women the right to choose in 1968. And so he was very progressive, the father. I don't have the same, I, you know, I got interested in politics during the time that Pierre Trudeau was the prime minister. I know he didn't really care about Alberta that much, but I respected that he was a great orator and a real good uh, politician. Uh, I, of course, am a little bit disappointed with a lot of things that have happened in this country right now. That's a whole other conversation. Oh, it is, it Bob. I was, I, was, I was debating if I should cut you off there. but <laughs> Well, what I was going to say, Reed, is it's going to have, it is going to have ramifications and effects on the hockey business. Uh, it is going to be, it's funny, we thought it might go the other way a couple of years ago when Canada was better positioned. You know, as, as you know, Canada has one-third the death rate from COVID that the United States, you know, the United States has basically uh, lost, I believe, 3,000 uh, uh, per million uh, due to COVID. And Canada is at a, under 1,000 per million due to COVID. And so, you know, and, and I thought back when we had the two bubbles in Edmonton, Toronto, that it might help Edmonton be a destination point for American players. But because the freedoms have been slow to open up in Canada, I know for a fact that there's several American and European players that aren't super open and super cool with how limited Canada is right now. And that's that's just, look, you can uh, you can sit there and say, oh, stuff, or you have it. I don't. I'm telling you that's what's going on, and it's going to make it increasingly difficult, potentially, in free agency and read to the point that it might even affect potential trade options for the Edmonton Oilers here in the next month and a half. Well, I, 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 yeah, I, I think that's, uh, well, and, and I think that's something you and I have talked about for a long time, Bob, just there are challenges sometimes for Canadian teams anyway because of other things. We talk, we yeah. started off talking about the climates. Uh, you can talk about taxes. You can talk about, uh, quite frankly, there are some Canadian teams that haven't been as successful, right, in, in, in recent years. And, you know, so there's, there's a whole bunch to, to talk about there. Uh, I, I had Mac T on the show in the last half hour. What he he said something. He, he said a lot of interesting things. I'm going to start here though because we've talked a lot about these three games: Tampa Bay fourth overall, Florida second overall, Carolina third overall, 
uh, goal differential, plus 30, plus 63, plus 55. Mac T said if he were a coach, he'd be more worried about the games next week because he'd be pretty confident his team's going to respond and rise to the occasion against these three teams. And, and then how do you do against Philadelphia and Chicago, who are much lower down in the standings? I thought it was interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, he's, you know, hey, Craig's certainly entitled to his opinion. He's a wonderful guest for you to have on the show. He's a great ad for the Oilers. Uh, regional television broadcast as an intermission guest. I, I don't agree with them. Uh, and just because I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm concerned about a lack of depth at forward. Again, you know, when they signed Kane, it gave them another piece, but now they don't specifically have Paul Yarby, who's not everybody's cup of tea, but is a guy that has some pretty good analytics and they don't have Cassian. And as a result, they're playing a couple guys on the fourth line, even if they go 11 and seven, that are basically replacement level players. And against these teams, these are the deepest teams in the league. And, you know, we saw against Minnesota that fourth line give up two goals against. And including, you know, Minnesota getting stranglehold early. Now people point to the goalies. I just think these are tough matchups. I think Edmonton's really gonna have to manage the puck well. Uh, Tampa Bay does something that, they do something better than every other team in the league. They play a 1-1-3 and nobody plays it better than them. They create multiple turnovers and multiple transitions with their talented players. And if you don't manage the puck well, they'll light you up. So we'll start with that game. And then, you know, I'm just watching Florida and Nashville right now. And Florida's got scoring all over their lineup. And then Carolina might be the deepest team forward-wise in the league. So these are going to be three really tough games for Edmonton. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's it hard to believe that Tampa Bay might be the lightest opponent <laughs> out of these three, the way that uh, things have been going for them this season. Bob Stoffer joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He is with the Oilers in Tampa Bay. All right, I, I, I know you're grinding it out here, Bob, so we're just going to skip straight to the fun stuff. I okay. have a world-famous quiz for Stoffer for you. Uh -oh. they, are both, uh, they are both lightning oriented. Okay. Um, but one of them involves a, a player who did play for the Lightning, but something he did, a, a spectacular effort he had as an Edmonton Oiler. I will start with that one. On November 14th, 1999, Alexander Selivanov got four goals against what team? Chicago. It was Chicago in a 6-3 road victory. Selivanov, um, was, do you remember who he was traded for? I know that he was married to Phil Esposito's daughter, who unfortunately passed he away. He was, who sadly uh, passed away. The Oilers traded Alexander Daig for Salavanov. Remember they had Daig's Ooh. rights for like a couple hours? Wow, Alexander Daig. What a bust. <laughs> uh, just a bit. And the other one, you're going to love this one. Who did Tampa Bay take in the 1992 supplemental draft? Corey Cross. Corey Cross. You're all over this. And where did Corey grow up? Lloydminster, Reed. Come on, Lloyd you're bringing Mister. that weak stuff. We did it. We did an event out in Lloydminster. Jack set it up. Jack Michaels, Gene Principe, and myself. Imagine the disappointment for the folks in Lloydminster. They had Brian Burke the year before and Jeremy Roenick the year before that. So talk about uh, scaling it back. We had a great time. I saw Dale Cross there. He was a hard-nosed, tough guy with the Regina Pats and the WHL. And there were lots of people that didn't think Corey Cross was going to be an NHL player. He was a, you know, he came to the U of A out of junior B, was basically identified in Coach Moore's hockey class. And then he gets taken by Tampa Bay in the uh, supplemental draft. And he and Ian Herbers off that 92 championship team end up in the National Hockey League. And I'm here to tell you, 
neither of them were the most gifted players. Uh, the two best defensemen on that team at that time might have been Serge Lajoie and a guy named Garth Premack. And unequivocally, the best player on the Golden Bears that year was Adam Morrison, who uh, won the player of the year and was offered an NHL contract read the final four seasons that he was at the U of A. That's what people thought of him out there in hockey circles. He could shoot the puck, and he was tough. Could play center or right wing, special player. That was a 91-92. Yeah, 61 points in 28 games, as you and I say. Not bad. Okay. Not bad. Bob, thanks for gutting it out. I look forward to uh, being on the face-off show with you tomorrow, man. Hang in there. Well, hopefully I am too. See you, Reed. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> that is Bob Stauffer from Tampa. Oilers and Lightning, 4 o'clock face-off show tomorrow and the game coming up at 5.30. Bob nails the quiz for Stauffer, as he often does. I had to get in the Corey Cross uh, question. Uh, I used to watch Corey at the U of A while Bob was doing the games, and then uh, he goes on to the NHL, and then through working in Lloyd Minster, I often uh, talk to Corey along the way as well. Okay, it is 7.17. Pat Steinberg is coming up as well. The Flames are absolutely flying they've won some games by a lot they've won some games by a little i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not um, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. As they have in their last two, but the bottom line is they are always winning. That's ahead. Inside Sports on Chet. Good to have you tuning in tonight. If you ever want to get in touch, you do it using the Certainteed Hotline Professional Grade Building Materials 780-496-0063. Hockey game tomorrow. A couple more editions of Inside Sports on Thursday and Friday. And then two early starts on the weekend. A 10.30 puck drop on Saturday and then 11 a.m. on Sunday as the Oilers get going with this five-game road trip. You just heard from Stoff checking in from Tampa. Hope he's doing okay. Sounded like his uh, voice was a little bit off. And Craig McTavish, always great to have him on. He was uh, on between 6.30 and 7. And as I mentioned, Pat Steinberg is coming up as the Calgary Flames are absolutely killing it lately. I know that kills a lot of Oilers fans to hear that, but they are uh, Mm -hmm. first place in the uh, Pacific Division, 66 points in 49 games. They have won 10 straight. Talking about goal differential, they are plus 55 goal differential. Plus 55 goal differential. Uh, Colorado is plus 56, so a little bit better. And you got Florida at plus 63, and Carolina is also plus 55. So Calgary tied for the third-best goal differential. Johnny Gaudreau is plus 40 or whatever he is now. So they're having a pretty amazing season down the highway. The Oilers have beaten them twice, once very early in the season and once, of course, last month, but uh, not a lot of losses for the Flames here along the way. One of the stories for the Oilers with Jay Woodcroft taking over, he has uh, been given more ice time to some of the depth players. He's been showing some trust 
in some of the players that he knows from coaching the Bakersfield Condors for about three and a half seasons before he came up to Edmonton. And that includes defenseman William Lagason. And Woodcroft was asked today about how much he trusts Lagason. He's found a level of consistency to his game. And I think, in my opinion, consistency is the truest measure of performance performance and um, I think he's keeping things simple I think he's playing the game hard um, and um, I'm happy for him he's uh, he's played real well here over the last little bit I, I think from Lagason and, and quite frankly as, as poorly as that was for the Oilers against the Minnesota Wild on Sunday he might have been one of the better players in this game Lagason is I mean he's not a young player anymore we we kind of group him in with the Oilers young defenseman because he doesn't have a ton of NHL experience but He's not a young player anymore. Uh, I mean, he's 26 today, actually. Today is his birthday. And uh, he was drafted way back in 2014 in the fourth round. He's only played 49 NHL games. But, you know, he's been with Bakersfield a couple of different times, played in Sweden. And I think we're seeing... Look, I think we know who he is. He's going to be a depth defenseman. He's going to be a third-pairing guy when he plays but I think there's uh, some sturdiness that is in his game. I think he's done a pretty good job killing penalties and probably one of those players, when you talk about him, you say, well, I didn't notice him. And for William Lagason, that's a good thing. And in this Oilers rotation of using seven defensemen, which I think they're going to keep going with at least until Duncan Keith comes back. And, and who knows, maybe they'll even try it for some games when Keith is back in the lineup. I, I would guess Philip Broberg would go back down and play more with the Condors. I think it's pretty hard to take Marcus Niemelainen out of the lineup the way he's been hitting and getting involved and adding a dimension that the Oilers haven't often had on their back end or perhaps anywhere in their lineup. So, you know, Lagason doesn't play a ton, you know, getting 12, 13, 14 minutes, but I, I think generally he's been solid. And I think that's the thing for the Oilers. And Craig McTavish kind of alluded to this, this despite losing to Minnesota, there's been, their game has sort of been solidified where they're, you know, they're always involved, they're engaged in puck battles, they're they're not disconnected, they're generally making safe plays with the puck, all the things they didn't do against the Wild, for the most part, they did that in their previous uh, five games. Lagason, meanwhile, commenting on uh, what makes Dave Manson a good coach for the defense. It's strict and, like, uh, organized and uh, honest with you, so I think uh, that's some good qualities to have in a coach. Uh, he lets you know what what he expects from you and what he wants, so uh, that makes it easier for for the player to to know what to do out there. All right, a little bit there from William Lagason. Okay, we're gonna take a quick timeout. We got the 7:30 news and weather coming up. Pat Steinberg will check in from Calgary. Be kind to him, eh? Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.